Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome into the Bears and Izzy for Breakfast podcast. What a day it's been today on Tuesday, the 3rd of August. Another opportunity is to talk to some some great New Zealanders and, uh, and some people with some fascinating insights, as well as welcome back you, mate, to the show. It's been good fun. Yeah, it's been great to be back with you, Bears. I uh, really missed the show, and yeah, what a week to be able to champion our champions. Obviously, with the Olympics going on, we're doing extremely well in the, the Olympics. We're 12th on the medal table with 11 medals so far and then we're leading into the Bledisloe Cup this weekend um, you know huge opportunity then we got the M- the Bunnings MPC coming up starting as well so a huge huge week for sports so I'm excited and pumped to be back bud. It's good to have you back as well mate and it was also it was great to hear your, your chat with Stacey Lula and also Mills Mulyaina too clearly um, yeah. people that you have a lot of time for and a good relationship with and there's some fascinating insights it was cool to be able to hear back about the, the Blackfern success and what it meant to them as well. So join into the Bears and Izzy for breakfast podcast to hear all of our action from today. Kia ora and good morning to all of our terra. This is Bears and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We are by Kiwis and we are four Kiwis. It is just after 6am on Tuesday, the 3rd of August. And it's a privilege to be with you this morning. We're going to talk all things sport including the Olympics and many other sports from all around the world involving New Zealanders in particular. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome back our man, our colour, our flair, Izzy Dag, who has been away celebrating the beautiful life of his mum. And we are so, so happy to have him back. Good morning, Iz. Good morning, Bez. Um, thanks. Yeah, it's great to be back. I've been trying to think in my head what I'm going to say when I come back on, but um, reality is, yes, it was a, it was a tough time uh, having to head home and, um, and uh, you know, be with mum in her last little moments of her life. But, um, you know, I'm really grateful for, for, for you guys and, and the team for allowing me to go back and spend time with my family and um, celebrate my mum's life, Horiana. She is, she was a truly amazing mother and um, yeah, not a day goes by when I'm going to be able to think about her and miss her and, um, 
yeah, I try not to get too emotional. It's been an emotional uh, week, but like I said, I'm just I'm, I'm happy to be back. Just talking sport. You know, it's, a, it's an amazing time to be on the airways, actually, with so many Kiwis on the big stage, so, um, you know, at the Olympics, doing extremely well. You know, we've got 11, 11 medals. I think we're 12th on the medal table. So for a small country, like I've always said, we do so, so well on the big stage. So, um, yeah, I'm just happy to be back, Baz, with my good mate. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've missed you, though, I must say. Louis's been admirable in his, uh, in his presence filling in filling in for you and he's done a wonderful job and now we have him being able to oversee us in the background and make sure that we don't make any sizable cock-ups which we are still likely to do at some point so lucky we have the safe pair of hands in behind us thanks louis that's all right that's all right mate don't worry about me you guys just go about it i'll be here as always um although i nearly got blown over on my way to work this morning it was like hurricane city up in auckland so i was a bit worried if i didn't make it to work then <laughs> trudy would have had to be the the keep had the keeping gloves on so <laughs> well she would have done a fantastic <laughs> job as well yeah we would have been in safe hands there as well and well hurricane city up there we've got hurricane dag back as well it's nice to have the flavour of you back, mate. I was masquerading as the colourful guy amongst the show for a week and a bit. I was running real dry on material, so it's great to have you back, my brother. How'd you go with Quazzy Baz? Quazzy Baz, was that any good to get the quiz out there or what? <laughs> I, was, I would love to hear a rap Well, I had your, you, I had your rap on. I'd love to see you in the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I had your rap just rolling in the, in the intro. And then um, I was very forthright with my questions. Actually, I sort of I wasn't I wasn't taking any any kind of um, uh, you know iffy iffy sort of questions. And I also questioned on a couple of occasions the use of of um, Safari. I thought there was a fair bit of Internet Explorer open with some of the questions. So I was pretty hard on the mate. And I'm sure I'm sure those out there who are keen to be a part of the quizzy dag today will, will appreciate your slightly softer hand coming back and allowing them to try and pick up a prize. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into quizzy Izzy. Uh, it's going to be a cracker. I've absolutely missed it. But I'll tell you one thing I haven't missed, Bears. I'll tell you right now, my eyes are absolutely stinging. I'll tell you that I was sleeping <laughs> until 9 o'clock. I'm going to be honest, it was hard to tune in before 9, lads. I might have caught the last hour. So the, so the sleep patterns are right out, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to see the screen here and wondering how this all works again, but like I said, I'm, I'm happy to be back, and we've got so much to talk about today, obviously, with um, you know what's going on in the Olympics. We've got Lisa Carrington, we've got the, we've got the venting team, question team, and um, you know, obviously Laurel Hubbard um, with her lifting last night. So yeah, we've got some great chats today, and, and I'm just yeah super pumped to be back, and I'm hopefully now listeners... Uh, tuning in, if you've got any questions, give us a text, double eight double three, or give us a call, 105-0800-150-811, and uh, we'll choose some fat, because I think we're gonna be, we've got a great show lined up, eh, hey, Bez? Yeah, brother. Well, what you would have done is got, been able to go and have a look at the SCNZ app and just check out our podcast and watch watch us try and masquerade while you're away. Um, yeah, we also, we're also going to have some great guests on today too, mate, so that's going to be really cool. Stacey... Flula, who you're good friends with, as well as Mills Mulioina. So again, another one of your good mates. Uh, that'll be great to get them on, and I'm sure you've got some wonderful intros for them when they arrive too. And then we've got David Nikia's brother, Josh, too. So big day for David Nikia as he takes on 
the Russian at 3.18 this afternoon in that semi-final. That's going to be good viewing. And then we've got, well, the Olympic GOAT. You'd have to call him the GOAT, wouldn't you? He's been to, what, eight or nine Olympics? Sir Mark Todd, absolute legend of New Zealand sport. So we, once again, we've been blessed with some pretty amazing um, people to come on our, our show and on the Baz Nizzy show and looking forward to it, mate. Yeah, can't, well, I can't wait to chat to Stacey Flula. She's a good friend of mine and obviously with the Golden Girls winning the, the sevens, uh, New Zealand Sevens title over in, in Tokyo and they've actually they just, just got back to New Zealand. They're in uh, isolation, which is unbelievable. Um, she's got two weeks in Christchurch. So the only reason I knew she was back actually is because I was on. I went on Instagram and I got tagged in a story from Stacey. I was like, oh, what's she up to? So she's doing isolation in Christchurch and she's tagged me in it and she said, chances of some treats. So she's asked me to do some baking <laughs> and go go to the store and get some chocolate to drop her off to her. And I screened it. I screened it and I was like, ah, get out of here. I'm not going to drop you anything off but then i thought maybe we could use her for the radio so i'll absolutely i'll write back to her butter her up get her on my good books and then she'll come and give me a chat so <laughs> thanks stacy <laughs> cheers i'll drop you a chocolate off later so you do you do a bit of baking is that why she's reached out in anticipation of your um, your baking goods Bez. no no, I can't bake. But the only time I actually baked was in isolation uh, when we were in lockdown. When we were in lockdown uh, last year in March, um, I just got, we had a little good bubble with my neighbour Mandy, and she's a real baker. She should come over and we'd bake donuts. And um, that was just my downfall, really. That's why I'm weighing in what I weigh. Um, the treats went down too good in that lockdown, and we baked donuts, biscuits. But no, I'm not going to claim I can't bake. can hardly even cook, mate. Well, I just wasn't sure because I, I also wasn't aware that you were our resident equestrian expert either until until last week. So you just you, you're a, you're a box of surprises, really, aren't you? Is well, that's the reason my eyes are stinging, mate. Because my wife was sitting there. <coughs> this is what I'm going to ask to Mark Todd. Actually, she was sitting there, and the the chat that was coming out of her mouth while we were watching this question, she's like, "Check, check," and then she's it's like Louis when he's watching the horses, you know, give it the old. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Like talking to the TV. And I'm like, they can't even hear you, Daisy. Come on. Like, you know, what's check? What's he checking? The ground or, or what? You know? So it's just, um, it was great. It's great. So that's half the reason my eyes are stinging. No, I actually watched Tim Price when he um, when his young horse uh, knocked those three three rails down in the show jumping. So I was yeah, pretty gutted. I just missed out on the medals. But we'll have a great chat. To Sir Mark Todd about what goes on and, and um, you know what happened last night. It's gonna be great. Well, while you talk equestrian with him, I'm gonna try and talk some thoroughbreds because he was also the trainer of um, of Imminent, which was uh, the Frankel horse who ran second to Winks um, in in Australia. So I'm looking forward to chatting him about thoroughbreds. He's a keen thoroughbred man too, and just an absolute genius. We've had some some pretty big guests on while you've been away as well, mate. Flem, which he'll he'll have to come back on again because he missed the wrath of your banter, which would like I'd like to see him try and, I, try I and deal with that. He was able to pad uh, me away quite easily, Bez. but not you. Yeah, I caught up with Flem yesterday, and um, he, I said, "Oh, mate, I heard your interview. It was great. It was great fun. You know, you're going to come back on." He said, "Nah, not come back on." I said, "Come on, but come on, <laughs> Flem, don't be like that." So he was. He wasn't having a bar of it, but um, it was great chat, actually. I was listening to that. And he won with Jeff Wilson yesterday. That was great um, from Goldie. 
the golden one to come on and, and chat. Obviously, Bledisloe Cup coming up this weekend with Australia versus New Zealand, and he obviously said Quade Cooper probably won't play, but I reckon he might play. Um, I've got you reckon? I was just reading. Yeah, he's. I was reading an article just before, and he's gone over and he's impressed Dave Rennie, and and the and the lead up and training. Obviously, he's got ton of experience, and he's still got the game. Um, he's only what yeah. early thirties, so he's he's young. But well, he's youngish. He's in uh, some serious yeah, neck. Hey. Oh, mate, he trains hard. Like he, his whole main philosophy is getting up before everyone else gets up to train. So he trains when people are still sleeping, and that's. What that does for the mental side is unbelievable. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see if he starts. A young guy like Noah Lola Seal, we'll be learning lots from him. And, um, yeah, they've got nothing to lose. Coming over to Eden Park, it's going to be great to chat to Millsy about that and see if they even have a chance to get the job done. But we've got a text here. Welcome back. It's been nice to hear some dulcet tones. Time for you to put the show back together after Baz and Louis. Wow, what do you say? <laughs> no, just jokes, lads. Good to have you back. Hey, thanks, Mark. That's no. I just want to say thanks. That's not. Is that your pseudo name, Mark? I'm going to check that number. We need to check that number. Mate, you may mention before of the mental side of Quake Cooper. Well, speaking of mental side of all sports, we also had Gilbert and Okra on, and I know you've had a lot to do with yeah. with Birdie as well, mate. What a superstar, eh? Just absolute legend. If you haven't heard it. Go onto the SNZ app, onto our podcast, and treat yourself for 15 minutes of listening to one of the all-time greats talk about the mental side of not just sport but life in general. It was it was pretty awesome, mate. So we'll have to get him back on while you when now that you're back to it at some stage. Oh, I was going to have to go have a listen to it because um yeah I was very lucky enough to be able to talk, uh, spend a bit of time with Birdie and he's I think he's been involved with the All Blacks for over 300 tests something like that he is unbelievable the ton of experience and it's just not you know obviously with the rugby your mental mental the mental side to sport you'd know is 90% of the game you know we've all got talent we've all got the the skill sets to go out there and, and play the game but it's the ones that can perform under pressure I know it's a hot topic at the moment with what's going on uh, in athletics and around you know, the sporting world with, um, you know, people, you know, standing up towards it and, um, you know, putting their mental health first, which I totally agree. I've been through a lot of it myself, so um, I, I know exactly how they're feeling. Um, you know, um, Simone Biles, obviously, over in, in the athletics, so it would have been great to, to chat to Bertie and, and see how he's going. So I'll go back and have a listen to that, Baz. Good man. There's Simone Biles thing. She's, she's back today, isn't she? She's going to compete again. I heard that in Trudy's news at the at the start. So yeah, it'd be good to see her back. She's had oh, it's been a huge story really, hasn't it, with her um opting out because of mount, mental health reasons. But it'd be great to see her back and I'm sure she'll be welcome back with with open arms as well. And Ben Stokes too over in England um has taken a indefinite break from all cricket. Um because of the fallout from actually the COVID bubbles, which I know is something you and I have talked about. Um, not just on here, but we've talked about it off here too about um, the challenges that those bubbles are going to going to have moving forward and and the impacts that they could have long lasting. So there's there's a bit of a first sign. So it's a, it's a pretty hot issue, isn't it, mate? Well, I just couldn't I just couldn't do it honestly. I, I said to you before I, I, the the way the whole sporting world works at the moment with the travel and just 
Izzy Dag, two two weeks in a hotel room by himself was just that's just no that's just a no go to be honest, mate. Like I'd, I'd absolutely lose it, and my wife would be inside listening to this game. She would be able to attest to that. She is, not, I can't be by myself for five minutes, let alone two weeks. So that in itself is a is a is a barrier for me. Traveling away from your family. And, but it just shows how, how easy we had it in the world, you know, to be able to grab your passport, mm. book a flight to Australia, and you'll be there in three hours, and you're straight through the, the, check, uh, the check through the borders, you're, you're straight throughout the other side. So, look, it's just, it's just how easy we had it, and, um, yeah, it's, it's a total different world at the moment, and good on them, you know, uh, for standing up for what they believe in, and, and uh, nothing's bigger than family. Uh, 100%, you can play for whatever team. But family first, especially since I've had kids. You know, I didn't have kids when I was playing for the All Blacks, so that's why I could be selfish. But now, having family and having having kids and having having a wife to to think about, it just makes it a lot harder. So, um, you know, there's going to be people out there that are going, "Oh, well, it's your job. Yeah, you get paid for it." But nah, nah, it's not. I'd I'd rather say I don't I don't want to get paid. I'd rather just keep my family happy and, and be at home with them. So yeah, it's a t- it's a tough situation yeah, at the bro. moment. That's, that's that empathy we've been missing, Baz. That's that lovely big soft heart that you and me just, for whatever reason, we couldn't couldn't find it in amongst ourselves. Now, you're pretty good on this, Baz. The other one we were all over last week was Rassi Erasmus. And I've got some breaking news for you guys that we're going to get to after this because World Rugby are setting up an independent misconduct hearing for Rassi Erasmus. So we're going to fill Izzy in and everyone in after this because he's been a strange old cat and World Rugby, it's all caught up to him. I'm Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 0800-150-811. Give the boys, Izzy's back. Give him a call at any stage on the Kennards Hire phone line. We're going to be here all morning till 9am. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. You certainly are at 23 minutes past six on a lovely but stormy Tuesday morning. Uh, 0800 150 811 is the Kennards Hire phone line. Give us a call. Now we've got Izzy back in the hot seat. He'd love to hear from you. And double eight double three as well. Remember, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, text of the month. We are giving away a temper queen bed valued at $10,000 for the text of the month. And the text of the week wins a temper pillow worth two hundred. dollars and $99. I can tell you what, Mark, who texted and slagging Baz and me off, he's not going anywhere near that, Baz. Well, it's not Mark, it's Izzy, so <laughs> I'm adamant we need to check the phone number of that and just check that it's not. Maybe the, the location service is coming directly out of a Hoka Christchurch, <laughs> I'm sure of it. But, but anyway, anyway, how's about this Rassi Erasmus bloke? Oh, I'm so excited to hear your take on this, Izzy. So he is now the South African... South African director of rugby. He was the yeah. the coach of the South African team, which led the Springboks to the 2019 World Cup victory. But he's now the director of rugby slash water boy. And for a bit of context, he he did a 60-minute video, vitriol video on social media, just absolutely slamming the match officials during the first performance. Then they go on and win the second game. And now World Rugby is, has come out and said that they are going to... What are they going to do? They're going to investigate and he's going to be He's going to face an independent misconduct hearing for comments regarding the match official performance during the test series between South Africa and the British and Irish Lions. This bloke's out the gate, isn't he? 
<laughs> yeah, he's come out of the gate, all right. I, I'm reading this article. South African director of rugby, Erasi Erasmus, and South Africa rugby will face an independent misconduct hearing for comments regarding match officials' performance during the Test Series between South Africa and British Irish Lions. Match officials are the backbone of sport, and without them there is no game. World Rugby condemns any public criticism of their selection performance or integrity which undermines their role. The well-established and trust-based of coast officials, blah, blah, blah. So basically what I'm getting from that is um, that we, we're not allowed to slam the refs, which is quite a touchy subject, Bears, and I'll be able to, you'll be able to you know, uh, confirm this with me as well. Um, you know, we get criticised when we play rugby and we play a terrible game, all the articles, thousands of articles, thousands of fans terrorising us on social media everywhere, and we just have to take it. So for, for a ref... When they make state, they need to be reviewed as well. They need to be reviewed. They need to, um, you know, have have people reviewing their their performances. But I, but in saying it, I, I, like I totally agree with the top, and that's when I, t- I spoke about Ben O'Keefe in the Australian France game with that red card. We need refs in the game, so so there has to be a middle ground. Whatever that is, I'm unsure, but. It's not a great look, probably with a with a head coach coming out for an hour long video and slagging them. Because reality is, we can't take back that decision. So what's slagging them? What's that going to do with that decision? So it's a touchy subject because, with they you know obviously they need to be reviewed as well. Because as players, we get thrown. You know, if we play a bad game, we get thrown under the bus. If we play a good game, we get spoken about well on airways as well. So it's it's a touch one, tough one, mate. Yeah, I think it's a. Well, I I actually think like it's fine to have a difference of opinion when it comes to a referee, and and there's so much ambiguity amongst um, rugby decisions and rules anyway that there's going to be a difference of opinion. So I think that's completely fine. Where I've got the issue with it is that there should be a process where you can challenge privately but still be seen to be supporting the game and the officials publicly. And I think what he's done is he's bridged that gap and he's gone, he, he's slandered effectively in public for a 60-minute period the performance of the referees, which is is really, there's a lot of it comes down to his own interpretation of it as well. So look, I'm not saying that I'm not righteous enough to admit that in the past I've had a difference of opinion with, with umpires and, and referees and, and things like that. Um, but would you ever take it upon yourself to go to such an extent to publicly um, turn the spotlight and, and attention back on a referee? I, I think it's it was a tactic by him. Arguably, you could say maybe he the tactic worked because they won the next test match and, and maybe it fired everyone up and galvanised their unit. But, gee, it's a, it's a pretty gutsy play, isn't it? it is. 100%. And that's what I'm... I've been in the heat of a moment when the referees are making decisions, and you, as a player, you 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 know you're under the pump. You start saying things that you probably shouldn't have. Uh, you know you're you you're in the red. You're fiery, but when you when when you leave the field, you don't take it off the field, mate. You don't go inside and, and write on Twitter and and do an hour long video um, bagging this ref, um, saying he did this, saying he did that wrong. Go in behind closed doors. Go have a meeting with the with the head of refereeing and, and World Rugby, go have a private meeting with the ref and, and just speak about an open, like like grown men. Go go chew the fat behind closed doors and say, why did you make that decision? Why did this happen? What did you see? Because there's probably something that happened on the field that the referee saw. And that's the thing, the refs 
um, you know, it's like players. Things happen at a at a quick rate, and you got to make those decisions under pressure, with about two seconds of of, of what you see right in front of you. You got to make those critical decisions right then, right right now. And and ninety nine percent of the time, they're going to make good decisions. That one percent, they're going to make a bad decision. And like everything, they're human. So look, I. Uh, we just yeah, we gotta support the referees. That's probably not the right way to go around it, going out and doing an hour long video. So, um I'm not surprised World Rugby haven't have called a meeting and they're gonna probably fine him a hell of a lot of money. There's probably a case here, Baz too, about Rassi Erasmus of a position of power should know better, right? And the precedent it sets and the way it plays with the fans and encouraging them because World Rugby have to protect their officials in their game. So it's not a great way to kind of promote the sport when you've got Keyboard Warriors already out there kind of waiting to tee off. It's a fascinating discussion, boys. Trudy with the news coming up now, though. For Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Double eight, double three, though. Russi Erasmus, fair game or not on? Have your say. Thank you, Trudy. At 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock, double eight, double three. There's some fantastic texts coming in on the contentious refereeing and Rassi Erasmus situation. But Love Racing is your home for thoroughbred racing. They are racing's biggest fan in New Zealand. And boys, we talked about some star power at the trials a couple of weeks ago. Today at Ellerslie, we're going back again for more. Baz, can I run you through the open handicap Please trial, do. the second trial of the day? And if, we, if we're if we good boys and we finish our show with not too many black marks and we get out of here nice and promptly, I might be heading down there to go and have a look. We've got Dragon Leap, Karma Lass, Aegon, Cornflower Blue and Probabil all lining up together. And that comes after Ooh. a trial of the chosen one, Bowden, Thalassa, and Frontman on Trivier's down there as well. It's a stack day at Ellerslie, Baz. There is some serious equine flesh right there, boys. Far out. There's millions of dollars in horse flesh on show today there. That's pretty cool. And at Ellerslie as well, how cool would it be to be able to just roll along to Ellerslie and check out the trialist today. That's fascinating, Louis. Hopefully we can get ourselves out of here with not too many black marks and <laughs> you can get to go and have a little, maybe take your little black book and write a couple of notes for the future so that we can make a quid or three, Louis. That would be outstanding, mate. On trivia, Amarilina also lining up, so I'd love that, but we'll just see how we go. Double eight, double three, though. Izzy, you're, um, you're proving popular day one with the texters. Yeah, we got a good my good friend from Pegasus. They're all my friends, I think. So <laughs> Willie from Pegasus, welcome back, Izzy. Much love to you, brother. Cheers, Willie. Uh, appreciate the love. Yes, I'm pretty sure we'll have a few black marks after that start with Rassi Erasmus. But no, look, it's, it's, it is a touchy subject, and we've got a great text here coming in. Refs are the most reviewed people in rugby, Izzy. Fans, teams, coaches, commentators, players, every weekend. There are clear procedures and procedures already, but they are behind closed doors. Rugby needs referees. We're short on numbers. The Rassi rant probably stopped a few people picking up the whistle. The community game needs ref. And I totally, totally agree with that. The ref, uh, the, the rugby, we need refs. And that kind of carry-on for Rassi probably stopped a few. And I always remember when I was at the Hawks Bay Sports Awards about two months ago, Watani Wanger, he's a referee in Hawks Bay and he's refed a few Super Rugby games. Um, he gets up and um, 
And oh no, Dan Wanger, his brother, sorry, Dan's a ref. And he gets up and he starts, he, he got referee of the year for Hawks Bay. He gets up and he says, look, I just love you people out there to step in our shoes for five minutes on that field and feel like what all the heat that comes towards them from fans, from coaches, from parents on the sideline, absolutely abusing them. And I totally agree. I've been at games with these people and when they're swearing at the ref and, and saying that's a terrible call. Um, and, and he said to me, putting people off refereeing we don't want to go out there and be abused so why should we be put up with put up with that kind of carry on so they're not they're not refereeing and Hawks Bay Rugby CEO Jane Campbell Jay Campbell had to referee a few games because there is a shortage of referees so totally agree with that we need referees in our game there's another text here as well is differences they never get any kudos for a good game and they are paid about a quarter of what players get well I think I do think they'd get kudos for a good a good game as well. Maybe not to the extent um, as what a uh, as what players do, but I think there is certainly some kudos there, and particularly some of the very good commentators which patrol the sidelines and and behind the mics of our of our games here in New Zealand. I think they give them kudos. One thing I will say is, in the weekend, I went and watched my boy play rugby, and there was a game on before him, and it was in um, Cambridge. There was a game on before him, and I didn't see it personally, but um, the a mate who I stand next to told me what unfolded and it was despicable behaviour. The referee stopped the game and went over. This is a, a 12-year-old boy's game of rugby. And the referee went over, stopped the game, went over and, and spoke to these two gentlemen about their language and about their abuse that they were laying down towards the referee and the opposition players. And kudos to that referee that he was big enough and brave enough because he's also there on his own. He is a lone wolf and a lone or a lone ranger, shall we say. Um, and he was big enough to be able to um, handle that situation, but he should never have been in that situation. We need to improve that. If you are at a sports event anywhere around the, the country watching your kids or clubs play and something unfolds, it would be great if we were big enough to be able to stamp that out because they are doing a, a job which not many are prepared to do and we need to support them along the way. Would you pick up the, the whistle, Bears? Would you get out there and have a little wee go on the running round for the, for your son? I'm not sure my fitness levels would allow me to. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably need a second referee at some stage. <laughs> You'd need a, a runner. You'd like probably the... be like my father. What kind of dad would you be? My dad was horrendous. So he was, I'd be batting. He was umpiring my batting. And I obviously got hit on the pads way outside off, and he gives me up plum LB, mate. Would you be one of those fathers, or you know, like what, what kind of father would you be? Be hard on your son, or would you be nice and well, I'll be you know, a, kind. Well, I'm a not out sort of umpire, regardless, right? I'm I'm, I'm favouring the batters every single time. So not out, son. Not out. Oh, brilliant. We should get some footage. Get Baz out there riffing his son. I reckon you'd have a runner like the good old days of cricket. It is 19 minutes, or 21 minutes away from seven, I should say. Up after this, the return of the quiz master, the is master, 0800 150 It's quizzy dag in its purest form. Give us a call if you want to win a $50 TAB bonus bet. It's Quizzy Dag, right after this. 16 minutes away from 7 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And we have James on 0800 150 811, who is a junior coach and referee. Morning to you, James. Uh, morning, Morena. Good to have you calling in, mate. You found the discussion fascinating and you've probably got some frontline experience you can share with Baz and Izzy. Uh, yeah, I was just listening to um, some of the comments made, you know, and uh, 
I had to agree with Izzy Dag about, you know, being able to critique and stuff, but, you know, behind doors. So um, I already coach my son's team, and most weekends I'll ref the games as well. Uh, we kind of share between either both coaches, but a lot of the times I'll probably just ref the whole game. Um, and I remember when I first started, it was quite difficult. You know, you hear people on the sidelines uh, making comments and whatnot. And so you've got to try and block it out sometimes. But it's got a lot better uh, as I've done it more often. So I'm in my, like, fourth year now. So it's a lot easier for me to take critiques. And we've done a lot of work um, in our region around how coaches and parents uh, need to be on the sidelines. Um, and that's really being pushed hard by the union um, and by the club coordinators. So it's gotten a lot better now. Um, there are still some instances here and uh, now and then, now and again, but we do make our our coaches um, go to the side uh, to the goal line to the try line, so they're a lot further away from the yeah. from the action in that. Um, we just really encourage parents not to make comments, um, which has worked really well, um, especially this year. It's been really good um, good sideline behaviour from from parents in there. But I haven't always been the best. Um, and I remember my first couple of years, I was quite big on critiquing referees and things like this. Um, but as I've kind of grown in the role in that and done a lot more riffing, um, I've got a lot better understanding of, of what it is um, when you're on the field and how it's really difficult sometimes, especially in junior games when rucks are happening and there could be like five to ten different ruck infringements and you kind of just pick up one that you think is more important for the kids to be learning at the time. So, yeah, it's a difficult thing to do um, and just need to be able to give people time to learn and grow into the roles. James, that's really fascinating and thanks for that insight as well and really appreciate you giving us a call on Baz and Izzy for breakfast and it's great to be able to hear from someone who is on the front line of refing and coaching at the junior level. So thank you very much for that. We are going to head off to something that I've certainly been looking forward to since Izzy's been away, and it is now time for... It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or this might be an absolute disaster. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> oh, yes, if you think you've got what it takes, give us a call 0800 150 811. Have we got the quiz for you? You can win a $50 voucher thanks to TAB. So here we go. Got us a, give us a call. We've got great questions. You know the drill. Five questions. You get them all right, you win the $50 TAB voucher. We've got Simon on the on the line. Simon, you there? Yeah, mate. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, good. How are you, bud? Good, mate. You ready? You reckon you got it? Yeah, give it a shot, eh? Give it a shot. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Nice and easy, brother, to start. What is the nickname boxer Tyson Fury gave to himself? Um, Gypsy King. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Nice and easy start. Here we go. 
Lisa Carrington is up for two gold medals today. How many gold medals does she already have? Um, gee. Ooh. Um, Amy. Ooh. Here you go. You go. You want a little clue? Is it um, two? Yay! Well done, bud. Well done. Oh, the internet connection right. is strong yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is terrible. Here I we go. What year? Yeah. You're up to number three, but you're doing very, very well. What year did the Wallabies last beat the All Blacks at Eden Park? This is a hard one because I didn't even know this. So, so good luck. Oh, I heard that the other day. Um, it was in the 80s. Um, oh. 1980. Um, oh, I reckon you're running out of time. Some here. pretty lenient quizzing going on here. Is he? You need to get stronger on the rules here, son. Two. Why? 86. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I've given you so much time to get Google on that one. Okay, I'm what happens when your data runs two. out? Yeah, I'll tell you that. What, mate? Yeah, right. Here we go. NFL legend Tom Brady started his career which, at which franchise? Tom Shortly. Brady. Um, Come on. Nine, eight, seven, six, New five, New four. Yeah. yeah. What's, yep, New England. Well done. How many coloured rings make up the Olympic symbol? This is to win 50 bucks, mate. I'm being easy on you. Come on. How many, what was that, sorry? How many Olympic rings make up the Olympic symbol? Um, five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm nice here. See, this is day one. I'm at Daggy's in a nice mood. I'm feeling Kind of kind, and thanks to the TAB, you've won a $50 voucher, mate. Well done, Simon. <laughs> kind? You reckon kind is the right word? Oh, I don't I know, Baz. Well, oh, Baz, I reckon Izzy's uh, made a rort of your quiz mastering. <laughs> <laughs> mate, you're like, the, you're like well, that tooth fairy that gives five bucks. This is extraordinary. I, so, hey. Did I hear some typing? Was that one of you boys typing, or was that old Simon typing in the background? Is that how long I gave him to answer those? Oh, Next time, shocking. why don't you just bring him in and hand him the A4 piece of paper with the answers <laughs> on and say, here you go, mate, you're a winner. And the, the worst thing... Extraordinary. Well, yeah. <laughs> the worst you thing is... You boys don't know, eh? But Simon's actually in my house. dollars <laughs> 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 to Baggy. <laughs> At eight and a half away from seven, he's actually... Is, by going so slow, he's actually derailed the show. So <laughs> we need to get out. We'll be back on the other side of this and we'll see what we get up to. <laughs> Coming up to the news with Trudy at 7 o'clock, but 0800 150 811, that was an awesome call from James before about community rugby, and I dare say James is going to go close to being our caller of the week because with the Bledisloe Cup in Perth not possible, the caller of the month win an All Blacks experience, all thanks to Ballpark Entertainment, and that sort of community-level engagement like James, uh, we love it here on SENZ, don't we, Baz? Yeah, we do. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, we sure do. What we don't love is Brian, get out, he got out of the wrong side of the bed this morning. He said, boys, instead of wasting time asking <laughs> questions, 
just give the quiz to the first guy to ring in, Brian. Brian, that was fun. You should have been laughing. It was enjoyable. Izzy's in a good mood and he's trying to light ev- lighten everyone up. Me, and my quiz is horrible. It's pretty much saying the quiz is horrible. <laughs> move on. <laughs> oh, cheers, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but send us another one when you wake up in a better mood, please, Brian. Double eight, double three. Anyway, just quickly, because we're going to have to get to the news at some point, but some big news overnight was Laurel Hubbard. She wasn't able to get the successful lift on the board um, over at the Olympics. But look, the, it's been a huge talking point, and she actually made a, a bit of a statement just after she left the... Um, left the stage and and it was along the lines of thanking the IOC and also the IWF for their support of her in competing in the games and she also made mention that I'm not entirely unaware of the controversy which surrounds my participation at these games and as such she would went on to thank them so really interesting period in in Olympic history I guess with with her participation and and she wasn't able to go on and, and win a medal and perhaps saved quite a lot of discussion points from that point on also. But um, I thought she, she handled herself really well um, in that, that period of disappointment. Is. Oh, 100%. And I'm not surprised, mate. The things that were being spoken about about her and, and uh, you know, things about her family and, and you know, a lot of people saying that she shouldn't be there. So I'm not surprised that... She was probably overwhelmed. Um, you know, every, all the chat leading into Olympics was about her and, and should she compete. And the reality is she was on the big stage and it probably just got a bit too much for her. So, um, yeah, look, I, I reckon she's just got to come home, um, get get around her family and, and don't give up on that dream. You know, she wants to be a weightlifter and uh, perhaps she's very, very good at it. Good at it. I'm, I'm saying she, she missed her first three lifts, obviously, in, in the Olympics, but... Yeah, I know 100% she's capable of doing better than that. So hold her head up high, get home and um, get around her family and just keep going because, yeah, she, it's an amazing achievement to go to the Olympics. She's an Olympian. Hey, not many people get to call themselves Olympians. And you know, I heard Xander Shoffley speaking about he's an Olympian, a gold medalist Olympian, so it's a huge, huge moment for her and her family. We've got one of those coming up right after this, Izzy. Stacey Fluller, a mate of yours, a legend, and now an Olympic gold medalist. And I tell you who wants to be a gold medalist, and that's David Nikia. So in our latest edition of Siblings Corner, because that's all we seem to do on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, catch up with siblings with Olympians, Josh Nikia as well. After the news with Trudy and Kubota, together we are shaping and building New Zealand. For us, it's time for a McCafe coffee. Kia ora and good morning to all of Aotearoa. It's just after 7am on the 2nd of August, which is a Tuesday. And it's a bit wet around the country, including up north in Auckland. And what about the news bulletin there from Trudy, where she mentioned the speed limit on the Auckland Harbour Bridge has gone from 80 down to 50. When has it, anyone been able to travel at 80 kilometres an hour across the Auckland Harbour Bridge? Absolutely no chance. Anyway, I digress. What an awesome morning it is to welcome back our brother Izzy Dag into the hot seat. And we've had a good time so far over the last hour. And we've got another couple of hours to go. We've had a really cool uh, phone call as well from James, rugby community referee. Make sure you guys give us a call if you want as well on 0800 150 811 or send us a text on double eight double three. But Izzy, it's been a great start to the morning. Oh, it's been great, Baz. It's great to be back on the airways with you, brother, and uh, chatting sport. We love sport and champion our champions. So it's been great. And look, 
obviously this refereeing um, chat we've had earlier on has, has um, created a bit of conversations around around the communities and there's been a few texts. There's awesome kōrero from James. Love him chatting about his, his experiences. Well done to him volunteering every weekend. That's from Albion Napier. So yeah, well done to all the referees that, that give up their sad days. We know sad day sport is... You know, pretty pretty long with the kids, and he's given up his time to go and referee these kids so they can do what they love, and that's playing rugby or playing cricket or playing football with their friends. So, um, yeah, like I said, we need refs, and, and a lot of people say that we need refs out there. And there is going to be times when people out there, uh, you know, we're all in the heat of the moment. We say things we shouldn't have, and um, but reality is afterwards we sit down, we reflect, and we have a beer with the lads. So, no, it's good. We've had some great chats. Just like this, just like Mark. Who's also sent us a text on double eight double three on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Gents, we need refs. If we don't have them, we don't play. I've been guilty from time to time in the heat of the battle of letting rip, but we'll always thank the referee and shake his hand and buy him a beer at the end of the game. I also apologise as a member that they don't see everything. I also ask questions of the ref over a beer so I can learn for the future. That's Mark. Well, that's great from Mark. Ideally, we would be able to put in place the the uh, strategy whereby you don't let rip at the referee at any stage and we're able to deal with that. But, look, I completely appreciate your uh, your honesty there, Mark, and thanks very much for texting in and good on you for buying the ref a beer after a game as well. Uh, Izzy, I'm going to throw it over to you, my friend, to introduce this next guest who is a special friend of yours. Yep, it's a pleasure to welcome in one of the many Golden Girls. She plies her trade for the mighty Waikato women's team in the Farapama Cup. But it's a shorter version form of the game is where she is best known. A sidestep and a goose step that even David Campisi would be blown away. Women's <laughs> sevens gold medalist Stacey Flula. Stacey, how are you? How's isolation? Thanks for getting up so early. The reality is you had nothing else to do, am I right? <laughs> hey, my mate, yeah, you're right. Um, one day down, 13 to go, but hey, <laughs> pleasure to be here in Yarn to you, mate. <laughs> Have you um? Have you? Where's that gold medal? Have you been sleeping with it? Is it? Is it all sunken in yet? When you've got home, since you got home? No, not at all. Still on cloud nine. It's actually directly in front of me right now, hanging up, just just kind of sitting there until it all sinks in. <laughs> look, 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 talk us through the last four to five years. You know, building up to these games. You know, the grit, the hard work, mm. the sacrifices you all had to make to get this gold medal, is it It was all worth it, yeah? Yeah, it's a bittersweet feeling, eh? I feel like as a team, we've gone through so many obstacles, challenges, um, yeah, hard work, and I suppose COVID threw a spanner in the works, but we managed to pull, pull through, and I feel like it's more special for the girls to go one better than Rio, um, and I'm just grateful to be a part of the team, eh? <laughs> Stacey, um, thanks for joining us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. A, a little earlier in the week, we made um, made reference to your co-captain, Sarah Hidden's comments that, she, I'll just read this to you and I'd love to get your thoughts after. She said, yeah, we've got titles and we've won things, but I want our group to be good people and show the world that you can be a good, genuine person and still have success. Our program allowed that. That must be pretty cool to have got the ultimate, um, the ultimate goal of winning gold and still be able to be authentic to yourselves and, and be those good people on the world stage? Yeah, 100%, and I totally agree with my sister. Like, mindset is everything, and I feel like as professional athletes these days, sometimes you can get a bit too serious, and, 
you know, success to us was not always winning. It's about enjoying the journey along the way. And Sarah nailed it. We want to be good people. And if you're good people along the way, then I feel like success will come with it. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess we pride ourselves on that and having a good culture. So if you can have trust and connection off the field, I mean, results will show. And that showed with this amazing gold medal that we've won and brought home to our families and country. <laughs> We're joined by the great Stacey Flulup. She's part of the Women's Sevens gold medalist team. If you've got any questions, text us double eight double three for Stacey. We'll fire them off to her. Stacey, I want to chat about that that semi final against Fiji. Like you got you girls had to dig very deep, and I was really surprised that they actually pushed you right to the end. Like were you, were you girls surprised out there in a bit? Um, you know what was going through your minds? Obviously, out on the on the field at that at that moment. Yes, interesting thing that you ask, isn't it? <laughs> nah, I suppose, firstly, credit to Fiji. Well, they were the standout team of the tournament and they came out of, out of nowhere and just played their hearts out, their passion for the game showed out there on the field. And I suppose they exposed us in so many areas and we kind of played their game instead of our own. Um, we don't usually offload as much as they do, and we were doing that, making making bad and silly errors or decisions. Um, but I'm just so proud of the girls that we managed to turn around the game in that extra time, and we pulled through in the little moments that actually mattered. Um, and I'm sorry for giving you a heart attack back home. <laughs> but, but to be honest, I'm, I'm just real grateful for the growth of women's rugby, and it makes, makes it more special to the world to show them that um, there's so many teams out there who could win, and Fiji showed that. So credit to Fiji women. They're absolutely outstanding. And it was it was a heart attack game, but happy we managed to take it in that extra time. <laughs> yeah, congratulations to Fiji women's uh, taking away the bronze. But I want to take about, talk about your environment, because from the outside looking mm. in, you've got a very, very special group of uh, you know ladies, and um, you've led by Coach Bunting, and he's leading the way with what he does. Did you reckon... That, that semi-final, in those critical moments, was there things that you practiced or you trained for during the during the year or, or little things that you can kind of reflect back that got you through those critical moments? Because, um, you know, 17 all going into extra time would have been easy to throw that away. Was there anything that you put that down to getting the win? Oh, I just think there's credit to our pitches. Um, shout out to Corey and Bunch. They've, they've practiced every single scenario you could think of. Um, whether it's going down to six or five players, we train actually more than just playing four minutes. We play three eight-minute halves every time. So we, we understand that it could go to extra time, and obviously it happens. So we were prepared. Um, the girls girls know how fit they are. And I suppose it's not always just a physical battle. Eh? It's, it's all mental, and it comes down to the one percenters. And we had some great leaders out on the field who succumbed to the pressure. Um, we, we didn't want to get to extra time but hey it is what it is and that's the way rugby goes but it also shows that we're not the perfect team and for us to come out of that tournament still gutted that we didn't put the perfect performance out there uh, that's pretty cool I suppose and knowing that we've, we still had more in the tank we still could have given more but um, hey we've got the gold medal now we've got the bling so grateful for all the hard work and the practice we did over the years to get that Awesome, awesome. Hey, and uh, also, you know, um, going forward, what's the plan now? Are you girls going <laughs> to connect after you get out of isolation? And, and uh, you know, I think, are you going back to Niall's house or Sarah Hidden's, aren't you? <laughs> oh, 
Oh, 100%. We have to celebrate. Because like, this only happens once, doesn't it? It might not happen again. <laughs> yeah, we'll reconnect after MIQ. Um, we actually go on lease for six weeks. So we'll go and see the rest of the squad, the rest of the management, um, have a few waters. <laughs> and, yeah, we'll make this a special celebration. <laughs> Just... Good chance to talk about isolation then. Does a gold medal get you a better room or a balcony or anything in, in, in MIQ? Funny I said, I feel ripped off. I feel like I'm the only one without a balcony. <laughs> <laughs> nah, great. I'm, we're actually real grateful. We were messaging each other yesterday saying how amazing the rooms are. We're like, Christchurch, of all places. <laughs> but it's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, might be a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I know, my mate. <laughs> but no, nah, the food's been good and the rooms are massive, so can't, can't um, ask for anything better, really. Just for the time to go fast. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Isolation's not, not easy, so and especially when you want to celebrate, it must be pretty hard being on your own. Do you actually get to um, be in a, like a little bubble or you just have to stay on your own? No, they tried, they asked, but it's all alone time for the next 14 days and I'm not complaining really because I still need, need time for it to sink in, catch up on a bit of sleep and I've got a lot of things to do, so good time to, to just be by myself. <laughs> I just want to pick up on one point you mentioned before as well, Stacey, just about how you guys trained three eight-minute halves. So, so that was mm. with the pure mentality that you knew that you were, there was going to be times it was going to be hard, there was... You, then you knew that there was going to be times where you needed to almost overtrain to pre- prepare for that moment. Is that a is that mm. a common theme amongst your culture and your side? Yeah, one hundred percent. And well, it actually all started before the Commonwealth Games in two thousand eighteen because we went into extra time too there to win that gold medal. So we just had it, I guess, in the back of our head that if you know we can push ourselves to those limits in training, then it, it makes the games a little bit easier. Um, so yeah, we get tired, we get angry because it, it goes for such a long time. Seven is only 40 minutes, but we're actually training what 24. <laughs> um, but you know, you can only you can only do so much off the field, and we prepared as much as we did. So we can take our hats off to our coaches and our leadership group for for having that plan in place. Yeah, staggering foresight, and and probably a reason why you guys are standing at the very top of the tree, and you can call yourselves Olympic Olympic gold medalists. Congratulations, wow. Stacey, and we hope that the isolation and and the uh, the time on your own is a good chance to reflect on what you've been all able to achieve. And and congratulations again, and thanks very much for joining us well done, on Baz Nizzy for breakfast. No worries, thank you so much. Um, can't wait to share the bling with you, Izzy. See you too, mate. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, Is. That is fantastic, eh? She's just <laughs> such a warming personality, too. Yeah. Yeah, she, she's yeah, really such cool. a lovely girl. And um, the whole team, actually, all, all of them, they are very, very good. And hats off to, to the management for building a culture like that, you know, it's for preparing for each of those different moments, you know, moments with maybe they'll go down to five players. Uh, moments when the when the halves will go to extra time, you know that those are the things. Those are those critical one percenters that that s- some coaches have, and, and obviously their coaching management have that, and that's great because they prepared for all those scenarios. So it wasn't a fright when they got to that to the uh, extra time against Fiji. They prepared for it. 
fair enough. Is he? They they were dominant really in the final, and that's probably because of that aerobic fitness capacity they had. Great question about the gold medal not getting a balcony though. That's what I was wondering. Is there like any sort of or you know two desserts? It's not fair, is it? No, it's not fair. You should get some sort of perk, surely. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely should, Baz. You absolutely should. It's sixteen and a half past seven. Double eight, double three. Remember, the text of the month goes into a temper bed. What should a gold medal get you in isolation? Stacey Fliller, an absolute superstar and amazing to catch up with her. 0800-150-811 on the Kennards Hire phone line at any stage throughout the morning. Spaz and Izzy for breakfast. We're staying on the Olympics theme. We're talking to Josh Nekia, David Nekia's brother, after this because he goes up in the fight of his life later today facing the favourite in the semi-final to go through to the gold medal match. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 22 minutes past seven and how special to catch up with Stacey Flula, one of the successful golden black ferns who have done us so proud at the Olympics over in isolation already. So not much of a glamorous kind of wind down period. You can go and catch all of our interviews we do in the SENZ app or wherever you get your podcasts. Baz already mentioned earlier in the show, we had Gilbert Anoka last week and a lot of other great guests. So go catch up at any stage. Isn't that right, Baz? That's right. We also have... Uh, a guest corner, I guess you call it, called Sibling Corner. So last week we caught up with um, Jamie Geller, the sister of Kerry Geller, after I met Jamie in the pub. Well, I didn't meet this man in the pub, but I'm sure at some stage we might get the opportunity. He, he is David Nikia's brother, Josh, and obviously with David has a huge task on his hands later this afternoon at 3.18 when he takes on the favoured Russian in the semi-final he is our big boxing hope at the Olympics, and we are super excited to see him fight this afternoon. But we welcome Josh to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Good morning, Josh. Good morning. How Tell me, you? did you used to box David's ears a little bit in a younger life? <laughs> uh, um, I, I started boxing uh, like after Dave did. I, um, I kind of joined in for maybe six years of the story and then pulled out. Um, it, was, it was good fun, but it was... Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, good, good fun to go overseas for them for a couple of years, and then, um, yeah, I d- didn't go to any, you know, com games for them or, or, or anything like that. Have you spoken to David in, in the last couple of weeks, and and just his excitement about being over at the Olympics? Yeah, he, he's he's having a great time, and you know, he's a he's in a good place mentally. He's um, keen. Uh, you know, they say a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter, so I think he's. Um, Really well placed to, to to go all the way here. Hey, bro, it's Izzy here. Um, just want to ask you, going into today's bout, you know, what's what's his mindset? Is he going to go in and just think, look, he's got nothing to lose? He's just going to go all out and leave it all out there? Have you spoken to him about that? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just um, like generally, we've we've spoken about it. I think um, I'd be a lot happier being Dave going into this um, semi-final than the Russian, um, since you know. The Russian on paper has a win against Dave, um, and Dave's you know got a rematch. Everything's to gain. He's already you know, made history by getting the bronze, and now it's it's all just it's all extra um, in some ways. But I also know that he wouldn't be content with taking that bronze without throwing everything at making it turn gold. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I just want to ask you about it. Um, you know, my mum stressed out when I was playing rugby. What's mum? 
like watching David box? Does she get pretty, you know, uh, emotional watching him, you know, get a punch in the head or something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, um, I, I think, yeah, I think she was more, um, she, she, it took a while for her to get used to it. Let's put it that way. But, but, but she's, she's fine now. Like, I think she, she's in, in, enjoying the excitement of it. You know, she knows it's what Dave wants to do. You know, he, in, in some ways you could say he's, he's made for it. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think, I think she's nervous like we all would be perhaps more nervous than most people, you know, seeing your, your baby go out there and, you know, getting, getting punched and punching. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, she's getting accustomed to it now. What, um, for those who, who haven't seen a whole lot of David fight, Josh, what, um, what's his style that you, we can expect um, this afternoon? Come 3.18, the bell, the bell goes, he jumps up off the stall and he heads towards the rush. And what can we expect to see? you expect a swinging sort of performance or, or a calculated sort of tactical performance? Um, it, it's, so he, he's got all the conventional skills, like everything, like he can do everything perfect, you know, by the book, but he's also got a whole lot of flair and he's, he's got a weird style in some ways because he switches from, you know, orthodox to southpaw, you know, seamlessly, like, um, you know, one, one shot turns into like a southpaw stance and then another shot coming from a, a weird angle. Um, he, he fights in close fights at a distance as well. So, um, in many ways, it's tough to have a rigid game plan. He, he's going to be mixing it up quite a lot and because inevitably what you do is, is based around what your opponent's doing as well. So um, there are so many variables. It's a, a high chaos sport. You can't really um, stick to like a real strict game plan. You, you might've heard that um, Mike Tyson, until they get hit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a high chaos sport and, and you'll see all kinds. Hey bro, um, obviously post-Olympic, what, what is the plan for David? Can you better let, let us know what's his... He obviously had big plans going forward. What, what is the plan in the short term? Uh, short term, like in terms of his career or... Yeah, yeah, in his career. Like, what, what's next for, for David? Has he got some big fights lined up? Uh, he'll, be, he'll be going professional after the Olympics. Um, so uh, I, I suppose you're looking at a, a professional career and he'll, he'll be... Um, he won't be satisfied with anything short of a world title or two or more. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, Josh, thank you very much for joining us. We'll call it Sibling Corner because we're sort of making a bit of a trend of this. And we wish you all the best this <laughs> afternoon, as we do with David as well in his pursuit of a tilt at gold medal victory. Um, let's hope he can get the job done in today's semi final bout against the Russian. That is at 3.18 this afternoon. But thank you very much, Josh, for joining us on, on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And we hope that everything goes well for David this afternoon and your family gets an opportunity to celebrate a, a successful bout, regardless of how it ends. Well, that's pretty cool, I reckon, Izzy, yeah, that we get the opportunity to chat to some of the siblings and, and family members of our Olympians who are over there doing it. I'm sure they would love to have been there themselves and and being able to support up close, but such is the life with uh, COVID and the travel restrictions now, they don't get the opportunity, but you can just hear that passion, can't you, when, when you hear them talk about their siblings? Well, I just wish my brothers spoke like that about me. 
I know if they had the opportunity <laughs> on the line, on the airways to talk about their younger brother. It's funny, when I go home, they're like, mate, there's no bloody ranking here. You're bottom of the food chain here. Get in there, get that tea towel and wash those dishes. And I'm like, oh, because I'm the youngest of, of three older brothers. So, um, yeah, I get put right in my place. So he was very, very nice. But awesome opportunity for David um, this afternoon. Um, I know my wife's a big fan. He's quite a, quite a good-looking fella. <laughs> I thought he looked a bit like you, actually, is. <laughs> oh, I wish I had those 28 abs he's got going on in there. Jeez. Is that all it is? He's, got, he's, a, he's indefinitely in good nick, isn't he? But, yeah, there's a little bit of young Izzy Dag about David Nick. Yeah, great to catch up with Josh there. You can tell that they are very excited. And what about the, the, the news there that he's definitely going pro and he wants a world title or two? or more and nothing short that will be satisfying for him. That is great news and very exciting here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's Trudy with the news now. So Mark Todd is coming up after in the next half of the sh- half hour of this hour of the show. Can't wait to catch up with him, but it is Trudy with the news and Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy, at 28 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. A busy old show to start so far. Stacey Fuller and uh, Josh Nika, brother of David there. Baz and Izzy, I've got a couple of little bits of sports news. We did talk about Rassi Erasmus, and he's facing an independent misconduct hearing for comments regarding uh, the match official performance. So that's not necessarily great for the Springboks. But what about this for Tottenham Hotspurs? Harry Kane has failed to show up to the Spurs training ground for the preseason. Baz, this is a bit bizarre considering he's got a couple of years left on his contract. Yeah, it's huge news in the UK as well. And look, he's an absolute superstar. Obviously, the English captain and captain them through to the Euro uh, finals, and his his stocks were sky high, but. Well, he's been at the club since he's 11 years of age and for him to not turn up to training in this kind of bargaining tool when he still has three years left on his contract is quite staggering and has brought about quite a bit of ill will as well from those who support the Tottenham Hotspur side. So, yeah, really fascinating. That's a watch this space to see what unfolds over the next little while. He has outlined his desires to leave Spurs previously um, and, in fact, waved goodbye to the crowd last last year, but... This is quite an extraordinary tactic to to uh, to not turn up for training when you are still contracted, and he's I think he's actually going to cop a fine from Spurs for it too. So that's a watch the spaces. Bears, bears, I want to know what this fine is. What is it? Twenty thousand pounds when you're getting paid four hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week? Like, come on, like, what's this yeah, one making a dent his pockets? Yeah, that's right. He, mate, he carries around probably twenty k in his back in his in his, his top bloody uh, sock drawer, I reckon, eh? Well, it's pretty hard to find he's, someone who's making that, that kind of, um, of quid, isn't it? Well, you're making not bad to, uh, as well. You'll call you Harry McCallum. Uh, oh, is that where you're going with this one, eh? <laughs> no, no, what no, about no. that chat? I want to talk hour and a half back into it. He's throwing haymakers. <laughs> 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 love you, brother. Love you, mother. You know I just had to get a little one in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, they, there was a gentleman agreement. You've you've sh- you've saw you know you've had a few gentleman agreements. What what is that? Is that something that he's come gone to the coaches, the management, and Maybe there's something behind the doors that we don't know. Well, that's right. So he was on contract, and Louis might be able to correct me if I'm wrong here, but from what I understand, he was on contract with Spurs for another three years, but he had a gentleman's agreement, a shake of the hands, with the boss of the Spurs setup, And 
that was that he was allowed to leave at any stage he wanted to was was the gentleman's agreement. Now, I don't know. I guess well, people will have their various thoughts on it. Is a contract? I mean, it is binding, etc. But where do, where does it sit in this current day and age? The gentleman's agreement. Yes, Louis, you must have a thought on that. Oh, I don't really. I haven't had many gentlemen's agreements in my life. I don't know too many gentlemen. Um, but <laughs> that's just me. Is you're right though, Baz. He had signed through to 2024, and I guess they want to do right by the player. If he's not happy, he's given so much to Tottenham, so they kind of want to let him leave. But at the same time, it's a messy agreement because you've got contractual and you've got gentlemen's, whatever that means. Double eight, double three. Have you ever had a gentleman's agreement? What actually is a gentleman's agreement in this scenario? I'm not too sure, but it's 24 minutes away from 8 o'clock and Sir Mark Todd is undoubtedly one of our Olympic goats. He's coming up to talk to us about equestrian and what he's up to these days because he's not actually at the Olympic Games for the first time in what feels like forever. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 19 minutes away from 8 on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 0800 150 811 is the Kennard's higher phone line. Get in touch at any stage. And double eight double three. In my word, in my world, a gentleman's agreement is a bet between mates and relying on the other person or yourself to pay up when they or you lose. Appreciate that. That's a little bit of clarity on the text machine. I'm sure there's a few different gentleman's agreements going on at the Olympic Games, Baz. Yes, thank you, Louis. You're also asking the question about what is a gentleman, because you didn't know too many. Well, a gentleman is a man who is cultured, courteous, and well-educated. Thank you, Louis. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and we're about 18 minutes to 8, and we have a great opportunity now to welcome in one of our all-time greats. And I don't mean that just from an Olympic point of view. I mean that from a sportsman's point of view. He is one of the very, very best to have graced the turf and in the equestrian sport, the Briton once said about him, Karen Dixon, she said that this man, he could make a donkey jump 10 feet. He was knighted in 2013. And Vaughan Jeffress once said as well, we all owe a huge debt to Mark Todd. He was the first and he paved the way for the rest of us. When you talk about leaving the sport in a better place so you found it, there is none better than Sir Mark Todd. And he has joined us, joins us now from way over in the UK. We appreciate you spending some time talking to us. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Very good. I'm going to get on to talking about thoroughbreds in time, but we should really talk about the Olympics and, and the performance of our team over there to date. What's your initial thoughts on the team's performance, mate? Hey, are you talking about the equestrian team? Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a deja vu, isn't it? Um you know, the, they went. They went there um, full of hope and full of promise. Um, they were in touch after the dressage, uh, in touch again after the cross country, and yet again the show jumping has uh, let us down. Um, so, you know, those those guys, they'll be very disappointed, um, and uh, you know, it's a real shame. Mark, I'm going to throw over to our uh, our equestrian expert and Izzy Dag very shortly but um, just wanted to, wanted to know just your viewing experience this time around you've been involved for what, eight or nine Olympic Games previously how are you finding it not being over there for, for the first time in a while? Well it's, it, I have to admit it's been a bit strange um, you know this is the first time as you said since 1980 that I haven't been involved in some form 
with the Olympic Games, and uh, I've I've sort of distanced myself a little bit uh, from it because I was having I was having sort of mixed emotions about uh, um, not being there and, and all the rest of it. So, but I, I went and saw the the Kiwi guys um, in their training camp before they went out, and I've obviously been in touch with them while uh, while they're out there. Um, it hasn't been so easy following them over here because everything happens in the middle of the night. And uh, now that I'm training racehorses, I've got to get up early in the morning and uh, I, I like to have my sleep. But I've sort of managed to catch up TV and everything, uh, see everything. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's been, it has been felt a bit strange um, not being a part of it. It's a so Mark, great to have you on, on air with us. If you've got any questions, double eight double three to Sir Mark Todd. Um, he's an absolute champion. Hey, I just want to ask you about last night watching Tim Price uh, when he was doing the show. Was that a case of the horse, um, you know, misbehaving, or was it a rider error with um, three, um, you know, barriers knocked over? Um, he's a fairly new horse to Tim, and. Mm. Um, but uh, Tim, one of his other horse, his best horse probably got injured. Um, we all knew um, going into the games that the horse can be a bit like that in the show jumping. Um, Tim got everything out of him on the cross country. And as you know, it's very hot out there. So the horse was probably feeling a bit tired today. Um, and, you know, he just failed to pick his feet up high enough, which, uh, you know, can happen. I just want to ask you, uh, for a novice like myself, my wife loves show jumping equestrian. She's an absolute fanatic. Um, but I want to ask you, last night I was watching TV and she was yelling out things, say, great check there, blah, blah. Can you explain to a novice like myself what goes on before each jump? It's not just the case of leading the horse to the jump, am I right? <laughs> it's a bit difficult to explain <laughs> in sort of, you know, <laughs> one, one minute. But, I mean, but... You know, basically, you've got to you've got to have the horse in a good balance and a good rhythm, and <clears throat> it's the rider's job to to get the horse to that point and to get it to the right takeoff point at the fence to give it the best chance of clearing the fence. Once once you've got them at that takeoff point, then it's the horse's job to do the effort. You know, you can't lift them over the fence. So, um, our job as a rider is, as I said. To make the the round as smooth as possible, to have the horse in the best balance, the best rhythm, and give him the best opportunity to jump the fences. Um, but like I say, you can't you can't lift them over the fence. They've got to want to do it themselves. From uh, from lifting horses over the fences to flat racing. So you're training horses now, Sir Mark and Thoroughbreds, and of course you trained um, Sir Peter Vellas. Uh, Frankel progeny in eminent to run very close to Winks over in Australia in a pretty bizarre sequence of events. I've got, actually got a um, eminent filly in my paddock as well back here in in Matamata, and um, and she is an absolute cracking oh, type. So hopefully you. that's a sign of sign of things to come. You must have loved that little that little run with um, with eminent as well. Such a cool horse. He was an amazing horse. I mean, a lovely horse to have anything to do with. He had a great temperament, and he was a wonderful athlete. He might have actually made a nice event horse because we did actually jump him a little bit here. Um, but I, I haven't seen any of his foals, but I, and, well, they're yearlings now, and I haven't. But I have seen some photos, and they, <coughs> they look really nice. Um, lovely types, and if they've got 
his temperament and his ability, then um, you know you'll be you'll be on to a winner. Oh, that sounds good. Jeez, I'm enthusiastic now because I can't get one on the track, so we might as well get one off it in the breeding circle. But so of course his foals will go through, or his yearlings will go through Karaka um, this January as well. So let's hope that um, that all works out well there. But um, thank you very much for joining us, Sir Mark, on Baz and, and Izzy for breakfast. Is there any horses that we should be keeping our eye on from afar? We're quite keen punters here as well, so if we can make a quid somehow, <laughs> that'll be fascinating. Uh, well, I'm, I'd be the worst tipster, but I've got a very nice uh, three-year-old colt for Sir Peter Valor over here at the moment. Um, he's uh, He ran second in a Group 2 race at Royal Ascot uh, a few weeks back. He's heading to France uh, in a couple of weeks uh, for another Group 2 race over there. He's called Tasman Bay, good good New Zealand name. Um, and he's another gorgeous horse. Um, and uh, I think uh, with a bit of luck, um, we might actually be bringing him down to Australia in a year or so. Um, so he's, uh, he's, he's one to keep an eye on. Beautiful. We'll get on the TAB futures there. But thank you very, very much for joining us, Sir Mark. And maybe we have to hook you out of retirement for four years' time. <laughs> it's only three. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> good good man thank you very much that is sue mark todd absolute legend of new zealand sport not just new zealand sport is he world sport absolute superstar and oh. now in a different different uh different lark training racehorses up in in, in the uk I was in awe there mate i was in awe actually i was telling my wife last night that we're talking to sue mark todd and she was um yeah, beside herself, she was so pumped. So hopefully we did him justice. I know there was a lot more questions I wanted to ask him about his horse charisma, because apparently it was it was a small horse, but it had a big heart. And there's that there was actually a question for Mark: What was his favourite horse he rode at Olympics? I'm pretty sure charisma was what the horse that gave him all his medals. So pretty awesome. Uh, sorry, mate. I was just I was sort of fanboying a little bit as well because I just really wanted to talk racing and and I know another one who was fanboying and that was Louis. He was, was, he was trying to jump in. I could just see. I was loving. I was like, Baz, keep talking about racing. We, we didn't we, we, we didn't want to meddle in the equestrian. That's all right. Let's get on to the racing. That's fantastic. And actually, I do you know what I think. He's you see how quick he was to point out it's actually only three years. He's itchy. Yeah, there is yeah. no way Sir Mark Todd isn't itchy to get back on a mountain and have a go. What an absolute legend. And that was Tasman Bay heading to France in a couple of weeks for Sir Peter Valor in those famous blue and white colours. What an awesome experience that is to talk to Sir Mark Todd, an absolute legend. Nine minutes away from eight. We're going to be back after this and we're going to stay rural. We're talking country clueless because Izzy's back on the farm. Farmer Dag, he's going to be giving us all his wisdom from his life sentence block after this. Coming up to the news, but 0800 150 811 is the number if you want to go in to potentially end up at the Bledis, oh wow, an All Blacks experience with the Bledisloe Cup not actually possible in Perth. We're going to hook you up with an All Blacks experience. That's all thanks to Ballpark Entertainment. You know the number to call 0800 150 811. Just before we get to Country Clueless, a ripping text there has come through, <laughs> boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh boys a gentleman's agreement a gentleman. is when you have a quiz 
and then let the contestants use the internet to answer the questions. <laughs> <laughs> that is it's spot Brian. on, and that's from Brian. Gee, Brian's grumpy today. He's the same one who said the one earlier on. Get out the bed the other side tomorrow, Brian. Crikey, have a laugh. Oh, dearie me, Brian. Oh, right. Anyway, let's, oh. let's get on to this. and Izzy at Country Clueless. Izzy, Izzy, Izzy. Tell me, my brother, you've got something that you want to share with everyone. Ah, boys, boys, boys. I've committed the ultimate sin of farming. (laughs) (sighs) I'll tell you a story, okay? I was... Yeah, I was at home and the wife's been paying me out about being hopeless, not doing this, not doing this. So I got sick of it one day. I was sick of it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go fill up the sprayer. I'm going to go spray the weeds and I'm going to do it. Anyway, I filled up the sprayer and then she comes running out. She's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to spray the weeds because I'm sick of you telling me I'm hopeless. And she goes, you see those dark clouds over there? And I was like, yeah. For ages away, she's like, that's a storm coming, Israel. That's a storm on its way to Christchurch, and it's about to snow, and a hurricane, a hurricane's on its way. And I was stubborn. I was angry because she's already paid me out for being hopeless. And I said, nah, I'm going to do it. So I chucked, chucked the sprayer on, went outside and started spraying it. It's wind everywhere, and it's gale force. I'm getting hit by, I'm getting hit by hailstones. Anyway, I start spraying it, going around the house. And I've sprayed the whole paddock, and I'm like, yes, feeling really good about myself. And then um, I obviously left it, went and put the spray away, left it. Three weeks later, I, got, I just got home the other day, and I was like, wow, what's that? <laughs> Someone's went wheeze on my grass. <laughs> anyway, so I walk around the house, and uh, the whole way around my entire house, there's an orange dead patch of grass <laughs> on my perfect lawn. Now, I'm looking outside. And it is dead. My poor grass is dead. <laughs> and it's, so what's happened is the spray has been caught by this hurricane and it's sprayed about two metres off the side of the house. So the two metres, a uh, little ring around my house. I'll send some photos in so I can actually show some evidence. There's an orange patch around my house. So I'm, <laughs> I was stubborn. I should have listened to my wife, but I didn't. So if anyone out there has got any advice about pasture management and what I can do to really save this, Please text us, double eight, double three, because I'm in all sorts. I think the equestrian horse is bolted. (laughs) That is brilliant. (laughs) Send us photos. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on Twitter. Go have a look. We'll put it up. Izzy's Instagram as well. That is brilliant. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Trudy's next with the news. Thanks to Kubota, building and shaping New Zealand. We're off for a McCafe coffee. Kia ora and good morning, all of Aotearoa. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis and we are just after 8am in the morning on Tuesday, the 3rd of August. It's been a fun couple of hours with my man Izzy Dag back from a little spell and we've had some laughs and he has just entertained us with a great story on Country Clueless about how... He is not a great sprayer of Roundup. <laughs> he has killed his very <laughs> impeccable grasp. <laughs> oh, oh, anyway, 0800 150 811 or double eight double three. Is he? That's gold, mate. Mate, I just can't believe it. Like, I, I was, 
oh, I've put so much pride and effort into this grass. You know, I've got an unbelievable irrigation system. I've gone out. I want the golf fairways, fine fescue, and I've gone and murdered it. I just can't believe it. We've got a great text from Reed, actually. Izzy, mate, get into your local farming store and ask for the fastest growing reed grass and urea. That will sort the problem and keep the lawnmower hot. Cheers, lads. Reed. Oh, man. I actually got... Yeah, I don't know what to do. Um, hopefully it just finds some life somewhere. <laughs> just starts regrowing because I'm, I'm lost. Mate, I, Trudy was reading the news and I just I actually couldn't listen. I was just rolling around in the studio and laughter just because I could see the pain through the studio. I think I could see... I could just hear the pain in your voice as well. And I, hopefully you're going to put some of those photos on our social media as well just to really see the damage that you've done to your beautiful lifestyle property the thing about it is i was so stubborn mate i was so stubborn the wife was like no don't do it but i was like nah i'm gonna do it just so you know because you said don't i'm gonna do it so i'm just doing it and it's a storm <laughs> what an idiot she'll be in there she's like, i'm right i'm right I told you so i had to go in and apologize <laughs> i oh, haven't yeah uh we've got We've got a, a superstar coming up as well, but I just want to read this other one. Brian's been a hot topic today on the text. He's been up and about. He's been quite grumpy. He's given us a couple of couple of sprays about our um, quizzy dag and and how generous we were with the with our contestant. Well, he's come back here again. He said perhaps if I had a better pillow, I might get a bit of sleep. Not salty at all, as old Brian. <laughs> Well, you know uh, give us a ring, mate. Give us a ring next time. Tomorrow, you, you're up. I'm ringing you. I've got your number. I'm giving you a call. Actually, you can, you'll be the first on air. Actually, Brian, by texting, you do, you know, you actually are putting yourself up for a pillow. That's the irony of that because we're running this uh, text of the month with Temper. We're giving away a Temper Queen bed valued at $10,000, but the text of the week wins a Temper pillow. So even though you're being salty, it, I technically I know what you're doing there, Brian, and it's not actually that bad. <laughs> yeah. Clever, you reckon? Good tactics. Anyway, is over to you, my man. Yep. So it's uh, obviously Bledisloe Cup week and the All Blacks play in Australia on Saturday at Eden Park. So it's a real honour to welcome in my first ever roommate in the All Blacks setup. Hopefully, he doesn't tell too many stories. He's part of an elite club of players to play 100 tests for the All Blacks. Now playing his trade on the TV screens with Sky Sports, but also he tells me he's a mortgage broker for the mortgage, mortgage hub. What can't this man do? Mills Muliana. Actually, Junior Malili Mills Muliana. How are you, Junior? G'day, Izzy, mate. I'll tell you what I can't, what I can't do, mate, is kill my grass like you, you did, mate. So it's definitely <laughs> something I definitely can't do. <laughs> <laughs> you're in Auckland, mate. You're in. Oi, don't you start there. You're in Auckland. You probably don't have any grass. That's, you're living on top of each other up, up, up those ways, mate. Um, <laughs> hey, I try to. T- obviously, big week, Millsy. Um, you know, happy birthday for the other day, anyway, early 30s. But uh, let us look up this weekend. How's things shaping up, you reckon? Aussie coming over here with a chance, you reckon? Um, mate, there's always a chance. It sort of almost snuck up on us a little bit, isn't it? I mean, with all everything mm. that's going on, the the uncertainty about uh, where the games have been played, and you know the the behind the door sort of boardroom doors, you know, um, arguing about where they're going to be held. But um, always a chance. I know there's always uh, talk about the uh, Eden Park. Uh, you know, they haven't won there for a very, very long time. The Bledisloe, what's it been, 18 odd years? 
But they've got, they seem to have a, um, a quite, uh, they've, they've created a quite good culture around, you know, you know, Dave Rennie and so, but still fairly young team. Always a chance. Um, and I guess, but, but I guess a, a very inexperienced, um, particularly in their back line of the, a few injuries to their top players like, uh, you know, Nick, Nick White and also uh, James O'Connor. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I know the All Black boys uh, after the, you know, three test matches against Tonga and Fiji, they'll be rearing to go. And there's a few um, selection headaches there that uh, Ian Foster has to go through for, uh, throughout this week in, in, in uh, picking his, his team, particularly the, uh, the number 10 jersey, mate. Oh, 100%. Hey, if you've got a question, it's double eight double three for Mills Mulliana, 100 test all black. Hey, um, obviously on those selections, obviously the, the 10 is a big talking point. But for us, fellow outside backs, full backs, that's a big talking point for me. The, I think the wing positions are solid up. Who would you have at full back and who do you think's got the job so far? Oh, it's such a such a tough one. I mean, um, you, you look at the way Geordie played, you know, over over Super Rugby. Uh, you know, D Max played some, um, you know, a, a couple of starts there as well in those in those test, you know, leading to those test matches. But I, I think the back of Ian Foster's mind, he he might want to, you know, chuck another Chuck Bodie back there. You know, um, you know, with the mm. with the headache selection that he's got and getting, you know, the, the best guys out there. Um, I don't think you if reckon you they'll the go, test, go back to that. Oh, look, we had him on last night at, on the breakdown, and we we asked him the, that question: "Who's your ten? Um, there's no real sort of you know difference in them in terms of you know when you, you know, the, the way they've played. I I kind of get the inkling he, he still wants uh, to to try that. I, I think for me, um, the, the the guys that played there, um, you know, over those three Test match series, you know, didn't really stamp their mark, and then that's that's perhaps given you know. Posy another sort of headache to say, well, you know, do I do I put Bowden back there because he's come back pretty pretty good from um, from Japan. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. It's it's a uh, it's a tough one. I you know after Super Rugby, I, I thought that you know Geordie had done enough. You know, is the way he's played and um, his physique. Um, you know, his, his ability to take you know high balls and, and things like that as well. But it, um, he just hasn't seemed to sort of you know hit those those straps. You know, I know he had limited opportunities, but. Um, you know, it's um, it's, it's, a, it's a really hard ask. I think it will come down to who who um, you know Fozzie wants to play at ten. Mm. I'm glad you mentioned under the high ball because I guess two redeeming features of a fullback are clearly their ability to tackle and and also being safe under the high ball. Now the comparison between you two, Mills, you and Izzy, obviously you're a far better tackler than than Izzy. Who is the safer <laughs> one under the high ball out of you two? <laughs> well, I think. It's, oh man, they're, they're always sort of tough back then because South Africa actually uh, were the ones that you know changed the game in that in that department and getting the turtle out and making sure that you know the turtle when you're you're jumping and leaping up up in the air um, and because your kicking game was just was so important you had to make sure that uh, um, you know that you caught those balls. Uh, who was the better one? Oh, I think. You're sitting no, on the I'm fence here, Mills. Just, just I'm not a mate. I'm <laughs> hard, at, mate. At the back end of, of, of my career, mate, I couldn't get the height that his dad got, mate, and uh, his technique was uh, was impeccable as well, it's, especially when it came to opening up his mouth when the balls came down, mate. Oh. So that, that, he probably, he probably put, me, put me in the end there, mate. Catching oh, flies, eh, hey, brother? That's the one point. <laughs> Hey, I knew you were going to ask something like that. Hasn't gave you the bit. 
Mike, anyway. Um, hey, well, look, let's, let's go back to, to this this week and the big test match. Um, you spoke about the inexperience in the Wallabies' back line. Do you think Quade Cooper has an actual genuine chance of playing this week? And if he, if he does, can he change the game for the Wallabies or can he perform and put some pressure on, on the All Blacks? I, I don't think he will. Like, um, you know, he hasn't played for a very long time. Uh, I see Renz has brought him back in there. Um, it's awesome to see him back. Um, you know, he's been out. He's been out of the Test rugby for a, for a long time, even Super and uh, in the professional stage for a very long time. I don't think so. I think they'll 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 keep Little Seal there. Um, James o, James O'Connor's a big loss, you know, because you know what he's he's done um, for the Reds has been outstanding, but. Um, you know, so their com- his combination uh, with with, Mc- with Tate McDermott that that's crucial. But they got, they, they, I think they got like you know eight eight tests between them. So when I mean, you're talking about an, an experience in your, in your drivers, particularly when it comes to bleeders load, yeah, they'll be enthusiastic and they've you know they played both played very well against the French team. But you know when you when you're up against the All Blacks and it's bleeders load one, um, and, and you've got you know very inexperienced guys. Um, you know, you've, you've got to make sure that, you know, that that they play well and above, um, you know, and above and beyond, you know, what what, what they're capable of to, to win that game. So that's that's I suppose could be a concern for Dave Rennie. Yeah, they'll bring a lot of a lot of experience. Lotto Seals been around, you know, a couple of years, but it's Test match footy, and it's um, you know that's a different kettle of fish when when uh, when, you, when you especially when you're playing the All Blacks as well. So I, I suspect the All Blacks will target that. Um, in terms of you know their, their ball ball carriers and um, you know and hopefully get some some inroads uh, you know through that department. Chatting with hundred Test All Black legend Mills Muliaina on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. What about the news um, about Roger Tuivasa Sheik coming uh, to rugby and being available for Auckland? Um, do you see him Mills at some stage? Or do you think he's a chance of being picked on the end of year All Blacks tour? How good is that, eh? I mean, seeing Rods, you know, come over and the Warriors releasing him early, um, you know, awesome. Interesting to hear last night also, Fozzie said that he's already spoken to him. So, I mean, what does that, what does that say? Perhaps he could be on the end of year tour. He's, he's trained this week for uh, for Auckland. Um, he's ready to go. He's a little bit different to some of the league um, guys that have, uh, you know, come from league. That He's actually played, you know, New Zealand schools, you know, on, on the wing and that. So, he does know the game, game of it. Um, I'd love to see you know, how he gets on and where Auckland put him. I, I, I think, um, in, in my personal opinion, perhaps you know starting him off on the wing. Um, there's been talk about him moving into the midfield, but it just requires a bit more more skill set, and we sort of um, haven't quite seen that that, that yet. But uh, he could be a chance, and if Fozzie's already spoken to him, um, who knows what, uh, what what could happen in the end of year tour. Hey, very, very exciting having Roger Tuivasashek um, joining us in the rugby union sides of things, so it's great to have him on board. But back to the Bledisloe, um this week. What are your score predictions going into this week, um, Millsy? Oh, it's, uh, oh, I think it'll be pretty close, you know, in that, in that first half. The, the weather isn't looking too flash, um, but I, I, I think... All Blacks, well, you know, they'll, they'll pull away. Um, you know, that, that sort of first sort of 10 or 20 minutes, you know, after the break, um, once the old feeling out period sort of uh, finish. And um, I just can't, I, you know, like I see the Aussies challenging us for a little bit. Um, 
uh, in terms of our our Ford pack and the experience that we do have out in the backs as well. Um, all be you know David Harvey, but he's you know he's got a lot of Super Rugby experience. Um, you know, limited in terms of Test matches if if he starts. Um, I'm, I'm picking I'm picking you know the All Blacks to you know to pull away and and win by 12 and over 12 plus. So um, definitely an All Blacks win for me. Awesome, mate. Hey, thanks so much for your insights, uh, Millsy. Look forward to catching up with you soon again, and we'll get you back on because you had some great insights. So thank you very much, bud. Awesome, awesome. Well, there you go, Bears. That was uh, Mills Mullane, 100 Test veteran, and uh, he's got some great experiences and he knows his stuff. And uh, yeah, it's great to have him on there and seeing you giving him a plug. Yeah, well, he's all, he's also got some great dude on you, I'm sure, which you know over time we'll be able to just slowly bring into our uh, our show here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. I love the 12 and over though. Just a little steer in for the All Blacks at 12 and over. Maybe we can get those odds from Pumuati at some point when, uh, well, very soon, I think. But um, just find out whether we can make a quit on that. I know Louis' ears pricked up when he heard the 12 and over from oh, yes, uh, Baz. such a steen man as, as Mills Mulioina and, and no doubt a very good judge. He actually, he comes across super well, Mills. He he he's a bit of a thinker mm. about the game, isn't he? Is he like he he doesn't he doesn't kind of just take your questions and give. He really considers them. He's yeah, and he he you know he played a bit like that, didn't he? Was it was he out there? Was he a bit of a general when you were playing on the wing and if he was at fullback? Was he kind of good like that? Oh, mate, one of his best attributes is his his ability to anticipate the play. So his support play on breaks, you know, his ability to get up for a, for a line break, be on that inside or outside support, that was what yeah, set him apart from other players, is his ability to, to anticipate where the ball's going to be. So um, he's a very, very smart thinker and a very smart uh, smart person. Well, he's, he's got fingers in many, many pies. He's obviously the TV, he's, got a, he's a mortgage broker, he's, you know, he's a father of three sons, husband, so he's... He is a very, very intelligent man. So thanks for Millsy for joining us and giving us his insights. It's, uh, can't believe it's Bledisloe Cup where he spoke about it. It's actually snuck around really quick because obviously the Olympics are on. So you don't really even think about it, but it's coming up this Saturday. I can't wait. Yeah. yeah mate, you're just mentioning about Mills as well, just in, in how he played and, and some of his key attributes. To me, they're a little bit like Roger Tuivasa-Sheik and what he's done in league. So if he can bring those same attributes across, then it's been shown that 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 skill set could be successful. And let's hope so, because he could oh, be a must-watch for the All Blacks as well. We'll, we'll talk Roger about that is going to be so good, bro. He's going to be unbelievable, his support player. And what Roger does really well is his defence. Defensively, he is so good. And that's, like you already touched on, I was horrendous at defence. So he'll be very, very good at the back. He'll be safe. He'll be, you know, leaguey. He's a born leaguey, so he'll be very, very solid back there. I just hope it's the things like, you know, having to hit the ruck, having to support um, that wide breakdown, um, getting off the ground, getting back into line, things like that that he'll have to pick up in time. But I think he'll be pretty classy, Louis. The TAB giving the Wallabies no respect also. Paul Moate coming up after this, but just to let you know, uh, the All Blacks 13 plus, not a lot of meat on the bones, forty. Well, that's what happens when you come to the fortress, which is Eden Park. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day, as I say. Paul Moate from the TAB coming up shortly. 
24 minutes past 8 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We are stoked to have our guy, Izzy Dag, back. Farmer Dag, um, lawn care Dag, back this morning. 0800 150 811 is the Kennards Hire phone line at any stage. If you want to get in touch and have a chat, you might have a solution to Izzy's lawn conundrum. But time for a TAB live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Our man is Paul Mawate. Morning, Paul. Good morning, boys, uh, and, and welcome back to Izzy, the, the only man with a ginger tinge on his lawn out at Canterbury. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> Paulie. Help me, bud. Help me with oh, some juicy of, odds. <laughs> <laughs> Frosty tips on the lawn. Fair to him. <laughs> brilliant, Paul. Brilliant, Paul. He's also got his. He's got bare feet today, and they're right in front of the camera, which is attractive for all of the, the video. <laughs> Paul, what do you what do you have for us? Come on, bring some sanity. Uh, well, I guess things are really start to heat up on the athletics track, uh, and we've got a number of Kiwis in action today and tonight. Um, the fifteen hundred meter heats uh, kick off with uh, Nick Willis. In the gold medal market, he's $81 to win uh, the gold medal in the 1,500 metres. And the other Kiwi, Samuel Tanner, is at $151, the favourite there. No surprises, the Kenyan, Timothy Chariot, at $1.53 to win the gold medal there. And, of course, Tom Walsh uh, kicks off his uh, quest for gold medal in the men's shop put. He's the third favourite in our market there at $6. Uh, the two Americans in front of him, Ryan Krauser, uh, almost unbackable at a dollar eight uh, to win the gold medal there, and Joe Kovacs at $5. Paul, um, speaking of unbackable, we just had Mills Miliaina on um, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and he was tipping us out the ABs for 13 plus, but you've got it at a dollar forty. A dollar forty. <laughs> Surely we can do better than that. Well, if you hold on, it, it, that might just uh, push out slightly. I can tell you the biggest bet we've had on the match so far is a $1,000 bet on the Australians to actually win the game, and that was at $7.40. So the Australians have come in to $6.70 now. Uh, the All Blacks drifted out to the big price of $1.08. Uh, so that dollar forty on New Zealand to win by thirteen and over might just sort of expand slightly the closer we get to uh, game time. So if that's what you're keen on, uh, I'd hold off just a while. <laughs> Izzy, you've got a question as well, haven't you, for Paul? Yeah, I want to ask uh, Paul about. I love me golfing tips. And I know the women's are about to tee off in the Olympics. So Lydia Ko, is she she a chance? And what are you tip there at? You got any got any odds for me there? I'm gonna I'm gonna tip our golden girl Lydia, I think. Yeah, she's uh, no surprises. She's been the best backed golfer uh, in that uh, uh, gold medal winner market. She's uh, around fifteen dollars now uh, to win the gold medal. Of course, she won the silver medal at Rio. Uh, she's regained some of that form that uh, saw her at the top of the world rankings a few years ago. Uh, she won the Lottie Championship earlier this season. I uh, was second at uh, the ANA Inspiration. She's one of the best iron players on tour. Izzy, I think you're onto something here. I think get on Lydia uh, because, of course, we've got the birdie bonus uh, on the uh, Tokyo Golf as well. Um, so 
if she doesn't win, but she makes the top 20, you'll get a $1 bonus bet for every birdie she scores uh, at the tournament. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. What about, I've got a little multi, I wouldn't mind knowing what it's paying, and that's the AB's 13 plus, and David Nikia to win today against the Russian in the semi-final of the Olympics. So if you can just do a little bit of homework on that for us, Paul, and then pull it together and give us a juicy odds, that would be lovely. The other thing Izzy wanted, we're going to have to get to some news shortly, but the other thing Izzy wanted was he wanted a song from you, Paul. He's been away. He's missed the, the beautiful singing voice that is Pumwati. So you must have something for us, surely. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, just put me on the spot. See, I think, it, well, I've, I think I've done one for... Uh, Izzy, I've done one for uh, Trudy. Um, I'll do one for Karen, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, so here we go. Okay. Um, oh, you know I can't get that uh, Izzy Dag bloody Quizmaster song out of my head at the moment. <laughs> I was li- I was listening this morning. Uh, how about how about we come back tomorrow? I've got one for Karen. Yes, Paul, that's fair enough. It's very unfair of uh, Baz to... He puts you on the spot. You need, you need your abacus in front of you to come up with those odds, and then he wants a song. This is um, it's not Quick a thinking is what I'm after, Louis. Yeah, you're after Quick decisive. Thinking. No, Paul, you're a very good man. Appreciate your time. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly, of course. R18. It's great to catch up with Paul every morning. He's very, very quick-witted, isn't he? It's time for the news with Trudy. Thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. At 28 minutes away from 9 o'clock as we're on the home run on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Remember, 0800 150 811 is the Kennards Hire phone line. Double eight, double three to get involved and text the show. And you want to be doing that because... We're giving away a Temper Queen bed, valued at $10,000 for the text of the month, and the text of the week wins a Temper pillow, valued at $299. So text double eight, double three at any stage, just like these people have here. What farmer doesn't mow his own lawn? Well, I don't think that was the actual issue, was it, Izzy? No, that's not the issue. I mow my own lawns. Not. I've actually only mowed them twice and someone else has done them, but I'm about to go purchase a motor, a mower from Kubota. So there you go. Oh, outstanding. Hey, we've got a big <laughs> night at the Olympics tonight because the sailing lads were put off yesterday, boys. So Peter and Blair are going at it in their uh, middle match their medal event but also we've got Josh Jr as well who's sailing in the fin class who's only sitting in fourth so you'll be strapped into the tally Baz? I will be but I'm strapped into the text machine at the moment sorry Louis because there's a bit of gold come through from Goose in Christchurch he says surely Izzy knows how to grow the grass surely Izzy knows how to grow the grass back he's been there and done it before on that head of his (laughs) (laughs) don't take it personally (laughs) That is brutal. Absolutely brutal. That's a gold at the Olympics. That is gold. I'll take that, mate. He's not wrong. I know how to grow my hair back now. It's it's easy. Come see me if you're going bald. Have I got the deal for you? (laughs) (laughs) Embrace it, he says.
<laughs> no, oh crikey you don't have to go bald anymore you don't have to i've got to, i've got a deal so come see me that's right into my dms brilliant izzy and goose i love that you you know you said don't take it personally that 100 percent that's going to be a contender for text of the week let alone text of the month brian's still chipping away on the text line as well but we're going to do In the Sheds very shortly. And a couple of nice texts have already come through, one in particular for Baz. Are any topics off limit this morning and In the Sheds, or can we go crazy, boys? Nah, rip into it. I think. Uh, well, yeah, rip into it. Like, this is an opportunity. Reason, Sorry, Baz. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you <laughs> go. Reason for sure. This is an opportunity for, um, you know, just for, for people out there to, to get any insights to, to what, you know, from our experiences, we've we've been there, done a few things in our time on the sports field. So just just yeah, just be just be nice about it. But have, give us a call and and just get some insights. We're happy to have a chat. We just want to chat to the people. That's what we're about. We want to chat to you out there on double eight double three or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We're gonna go in the sheds. They are very special sheds in Matamata and Ohoka as well. So tune in and stay there because we're gonna come back with in the sheds. Any question you want to know from the pro sports careers of Baz and Izzy, get in touch right now. It's twenty four minutes away from nine. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast, and double eight double three is the text number as we're about to go into the sheds. But 0800 150 is the Kennard's higher phone line, so you can also call through for in the sheds. would happily put you on, but the texts are rolling in. So we may as well get straight into it as we go. In the sheds with Baz and Izzy. Well, Baz and Izzy for breakfast and is in the sheds and the text line is flying. Izzy, who is the better captain for the Black Caps? Stephen Fleming or Baz McCullum? <laughs> David from Otara. I've got to watch what I say. I've got to go play golf with Stephen tomorrow and you're my co-host. So, well, um, I'm stuck in the middle. No. Look, it's, mate, two unbelievable captains. I must say, I was a huge fan of of Stephen when he played back in the day. I uh, always remember that time he faced Brett Lee and Napier and Brett Lee was ripping it down 163 kilometres an hour <laughs> and he told me this story. <laughs> it was a funny story. He's been batting out there, getting battered, bounced and everything and then he walks inside and one of the fast bowlers was on the massage table getting a massage and he only bowled it was Kyle 120 kilometres. It was, it was, it was I was going to say, it was, I don't want to name names, but um, he said to Mills, he's like, what are you doing on there? You only, you only waddle in and rip it down, but <laughs> that was one of the great stories, wasn't it? Well, it was also a great story because there was someone else in the toilet and, and no one even knows who it was who was listening to it. And the way it went, Flem comes in and he goes, without the swear words, I must say, he's like, you should be out there working out what real bowling's like. <laughs> I've got to go out there and captain you blokes bowling 130 kilometres an hour and I've got to go out there and face 160. <laughs> and poor old Millsy's just like, well, what am I meant to do, you know? Yeah, it was one of the greatest chats, but mate, someone like yourself, I'm gonna pump your tires up here. Someone's like someone like yourself that that changed the way the game is played. Such an aggressive uh player, you know, the only player to score three hundred in test match. So look, if we're going on ac- on performances, you know, I'd have to probably give it to you, my mate. Oh, cheers, brother. What I will say about Flynn though is he right throughout my captaincy career as well, Flynn was 
a huge source of uh, mentorship and, and knowledge and support for me all the way through. So big shout out to our man Flemo as well. There's another couple in here too. Um, which one should we read? Oh, Baz, can you tell us about post-series win celebrations? Everyone always wants to know this, Say, hey? I think rugby celebrations and cricket celebrations are very, very different. And Izzy and I joke about this quite regularly. But the cricket celebrations are, I think because you play for a long period, like you play over five days and and you kind of, you know, you're a bit exhausted at the end and, and you kind of get a few releases on the way through anyway. You know, you go out for dinner, have a glass of wine and, and you're pretty relaxed. So from a cricket point of view, you, the celebrations are never over the top as such. You have a good time in the dressing rooms and that, but there's never really any um, kind of crazy uh, parties that go on. Um, I think with rugby, because of the nature of you play once a week and there's just so much testosterone built into it and and the fact that you can't really have any release during the week, I'm sort of probably talking for you here, is sorry. Um, it probably means that then when you do get the opportunity to let your hair down after a game, you probably go a touch harder. Is that fair? Oh, 100%, mate. Like, we, your, your game goes for five days. Our game goes for 80 minutes. So, you know, we're probably, uh, obviously we're pretty sore, but... Yeah, look, it depends on, 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 on the week. Like, if you've won an important match, you've won the Bledisloe Cup back, you know, you, you fill the cup up with, um, you know, how many beers? I think it's about 40-odd beers in there that it can hold. So it's, it's an awesome celebration. But the days of, of old-school drinking are kind of gone. Um, you know, you can't just go. It is a lot of things about recovery, um, preparing for that next week. Your body needs about three or four days to get back to to nearly 80, 90% functionality. So, look, there is there is things about it. And, and look, we all, we all got our stories. We all got our secrets. We're not going to tell them on here, I'll tell you that. So maybe if you get me on the street, I'll, I'll fill you in. But there's a, there's a great question here, Bears. I want to ask you, lads, what's it like when you have the what probably feels like an entire nation criticising you for your performance? Bears, I feel like you were always an easy target for both fans and media because of your playing style. But then when it came off... Every, uh, when the, but when it came off, everyone hailed you as the greatest. Cheers, Patty. I think that's a great question. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, it was a great question. Thanks, Patty. I guess it's one of those things. There's naturally going to be uh, criticism when you're at the top of your sport and, and you kind of know what's going on. I did feel at times that I was able, perhaps a, a little polarising to the public and, and that was maybe because of my playing style. And um, I wasn't... I was okay with that, to be honest, is because I knew I was never going to be a really super consistent player because I simply didn't have the, the technique to be able to repeat it time after time. But also it wasn't the style of cricket that gave me the most amount of satisfaction. I love cricket for the, that kind of chasing the great moments and that was what I sort of committed to quite early on, on how I was going to play. So I knew that then the criticism would come with that when I'd have those days off because every time I got out, it was going to look ugly because I was trying to sort of take the game on. So it was it was hard at the time, but looking back now, it didn't have any long-lasting impact on me, and, and I kind of understood it. And also I didn't mind it when I was captain, because it meant that it was shielding a lot of my players from that criticism and, and um, that kind of uh, critique from, from the public too. So if as a captain, you've got to be prepared to wear a bit of the brunt of that. So, yeah, all's good that ends well, and, um, and things have ended well, and now I get to sit here and talk. Wonderfully, wonderfully about sport and our sporting stars with you. Yeah, no, I, I, oh, that actually hit a, hit a little spot with me because, um, you know, early on in my career I was young, 
was, you know, had not a care in the world, didn't have any responsibilities, so I just played, and, and I think, yeah, no, you hit the ground running. And then towards the middle of my career, I started, um, you know, becoming established. A lot more pressure started becoming on me um, from external people, fans, and, and blah, blah, what's the not. And, and I used to take it a lot of notice of it. I'll be honest, I used to take a hell of a not- lot of notice of, of people saying things and stuff, especially stuff when, in the comments. I used to go read them and... Man, he used to yeah, he used to rip me to shreds to be honest. And then I um uh, look, I I just started deciding that I'm you know I I just don't want to read them, and I I shrunk my circle. So my whole thing was, as I tried to impress five million people, you know, and that's tiring. You can't do that. That that puts so much pressure on you mentally. Um, all your all your energy is going out outside of your body trying to impress five million people. So what I did is I shrunk my circle. I tried, uh, you know, I, I shrunk it, so I've got family, I've got my kids, my beautiful wife, my mum and dad, my brothers and sisters, so I shrunk my circle, and those are the ones that kind of mattered to me, and it kind of helped me um, um, better, better who I am and, and better my game, because I wasn't externally, um, you know, exhausting all my energy to try to impress five million people. If I shrunk my circle, and, and what I did then and then, for now, was always going to be enough, and then whatever happened, that was going to impress 5 million people, but I shrunk my thoughts and thought, okay, this is what I need to play for and this is what I do. So, um, yeah, yeah, that really hit home, that question. Great question, Paddy. Yeah, sound, sound advice there as well, is shrink your circle down to those who support you and and who are going to give you the, the constructive feedback that you need along the way. I know Louis itching to get in because I think we've got to go and pay some bills and we've got some Smitty on the other side as well, Louis. Yeah, I'm loving it though. I'm just an audience member right about now, listening to In the Sheds. This is awesome. Um, fascinating to hear how you both dealt with it in kind of in slightly separate ways. Let's quickly, quickly, let's crowbar these last two in here. Baz, have you ever swung a baseball bat considering how far you can hit the cricket ball? Uh, I have swung a baseball bat, and the the um, trajectory of the swing is not the same swing that I had. I used to have a bit of lag on my swing and try and get that fast hands through the ball at the point of impact. Whereas with baseball, you've got to come from high down to low to try and get the backspin on the ball. So it wasn't really my strike zone as such. And there, yeah, that makes perfect sense, actually, just thinking about how many runs you kind of scored over, well, point and behind cover, I guess. And Inches, um, I think they were. Yeah. <laughs> the bats were pretty big, eh? And Izzy, <laughs> who's the fastest New Zealand rugby player you've played or come up against? Oh... Oh, that's a great, great question. Uh, look, there's been plenty. I've been burned off. I think a guy like Lilia Masanga, um, wow. who played for the Chiefs back in the day, he was lightning. And, um, yeah, he beat me off a few times when we were playing the, the Chiefs players. So, uh, yeah, someone like him, he'd be probably a player that, um, yeah, that was very quick and, and, and stood me up quite a few times. <laughs> Amazing, amazing stories, lads. Appreciate that. At nine minutes away from nine, which means nine minutes away from the doyen, we asked him a very important question on it for sleep. Question for sleep on it yesterday. We're going to get the answer with Ian Smith after this. Breakfast. We've had a lot of fun this morning at four minutes away from nine o'clock, and it's time to sleep on it with Smithy and Temper. They've got mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support. Baz, do you remember what we were, we sent Smithy away with yesterday? Yes, I do, and it's great to hear from Smithy from the beautiful Hawks Bay as well. Smithy, I asked you yesterday: Is Michael Venus our greatest tennis player ever? What do you think? 
Right, okay. I've thought about this overnight, long and hard, to be fair, while I slept on my pillow. Uh, it was really um, a toss-up to where you evaluate an Olympic medal as opposed to uh, how you go across the board. Now, Michael Venus has won Grand Slams and doubles. Uh, he's also won an Olympic bronze and doubles. So uh, he goes a long way towards it for me. Uh, but something in the back of my mind says no. Is it the fact that I don't rate doubles as high as singles? Do I rate him as high as Kelly Evenden, Chris Lewis, Brett Stephen, Belinda Corbwell, Oni Perrin, Brian Feely? Perhaps not. Uh, maybe I should. Maybe I should. Maybe, maybe the world will say he is. But for me, Baz, no. Not quite yet. That is an outstanding insight. And the rattling off of some of the all-time greats of New Zealand mm. tennis just... Off the top of the head as well is why you are the voice of sport in our country, Smitty. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to share a little bit of time with you as well. We do have a couple of questions as well from the audience, which I might get Izzy to ask you one of these, mate, because he's been away for a little bit, so <laughs> I know he'll be itching to, hey, to jump in here. Smitty, uh, someone's, someone's message, morning fellas. Smitty has sorted out his shower curtain backdrop. Mate, you, your backdrop is looking sharp, Smitty. Well, it is now because we didn't haven't quite finished it yet because I want one of those SENZ banners that uh, you've got Izzy right behind yes. you just to go to, to finish it off. But we've gone for the grey, the dark grey shade uh, in terms of uh, the yes. blind coming down. So the flowery one that Baz absolutely detested, that's uh, already been burnt. <laughs> right, we move across to the other side and we've got the cabinet with a bit of memorabilia on there. Um, Baz, just for you, winks, see? Beautiful. Ooh. Right. Um, there's also another one for you, Baz. It's called The Warm Sun on My Face. It's the history of New Zealand women's cricket, which I'm sure uh, you'll be reading. I've got my MCC yeah. uh, tie here, um, you know, from being a life member of the MCC, is he? Um, also, a couple of um, droplets I've of got pims the pot plant up here, too. I've got the pot plant up here, fellas. So I just might give it a bit of water because <laughs> we want it to stay alive <laughs> happy. <laughs> just like the show coming and up. Next to that pot. 12. <laughs> Yeah. Next to that pot plant as well, Smitty, is a, is a test cap. Yep, that's the uh, the Ian Smith 50th test match uh, versus India at Lancaster Park. And whilst I was trying to celebrate my 50th test badge, you'll appreciate that, some guy by the name of Hadley went and took his 400th test wicket, but knocked over Sanjay Mandraka, <laughs> and who gave a toss about my 50th test all of a sudden? <laughs> so, thank God they gave me a cap. So Thank God they gave me a cap, so at least I can remember it. Oh, that's oh. brilliant. Court Smith, Bold Hadley, absolute synonymous no. with the, all of New Zealand history in throughout our career. Well, it's time for us to say goodbye. We are going to hand over to the voice of sport in New Zealand very shortly, and Ian Smith. He's going to be followed by Mark Stafford and then the dulcet tones of the Beaver for Drive, all on SNZ. This has been Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thank you to all of our guests. We hope you enjoyed joining us. Thanks to our team as well to Louis, to Karen, to Trudy and to Joe. From all of us here on Baz and Izzy for Breakfast on SCNZ, Ka Kitiano. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.